The Utah Utes are set for a Saturday showdown against the Oregon State Beavers. But who has the edge in the matchup? Where will the Utes look to exploit and take advantage of some of Oregon State's deficiencies? We're talking about it on today's episode of Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We do greatly appreciate it. On today's show, we're going to be diving into this Oregon State team. Who are they? Are they capable of coming into Rice-Eccles Stadium and getting an upset, as well as just looking ahead for this Utah team and seeing what they're capable of doing on Saturday and even beyond as we're less than two weeks away from what Utah's arguably biggest game of the season now could be versus the USC Trojans. And in order to help me break all of that down, 24-7s, Dante joins me now. Dante, appreciate you coming on with us as you have a couple times now. And Dante, this is an interesting Oregon State team because I think what a lot of Utah fans remember is last year going up and being upset by the Beavers at their place. And this time coming in here, this is an Oregon State team as well for just people who don't know. I mean, they nearly knocked off the USC Trojans. I mean, what a game that one was. 17-14 to 14 in the end. The Beavers were literally an offensive line push. Caleb Williams, it was fourth and six. He tried to run for it. And then the offensive line pushed him across the line or else he would have made it from basically going on to win this game and get a monumental upset now that one was at home this is an Oregon State team that last year was one in five on the road they already have what they've matched that win total from last year but it was against Fresno State so coming in taking on the Utes is a different animal but when you're just talking about who this Oregon State team is to me they're still a team that likes to run the football they have three running backs with over 100 yards rushing and then defensively I mean it's a really good defensive unit as well so I think Saturday is going to be a fun game because this is the best team that Utah has played by far since the Florida game Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Oregon State returns all five of their offensive linemen from last year. In my opinion, they're a top three unit in the conference. And it's no matter who's playing running back for them, he's going to be averaging four and a half, five yards per carry. And they kind of found their guy in Jamarius Griffin. He had 12 carries last week for 84 yards, seven yards per carry, as well as a touchdown, averaging more than six yards per carry on the year. So they've kind of found their guy to replace B.J. Baylor. The other two guys haven't really been picking up the slack. So it's going to be interesting to see how this Utah front seven does against them. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it as well. And we are going to talk about this where this Utah defense is going to have success a little bit more in kind of later on in the show. But first, we want to really dive into where this Utah offense can have success. And to me, it starts on the ground, which I think every Utah fan is like that. That's what this team wants to do because it exactly is. When you look at the last game versus USC, Travis Dye, who's obviously a really good running back as well. I mean, maybe the second or third best in the conference. Obviously, my stone money goes for Tavion Thomas, who hopefully has all of his uh, things sorted out, shows up on time to meetings. That's just speculation. I have no idea what led into that first half suspension. It's not like Coach Whittingham is going to tell us as well, as he wouldn't even reveal to us what kind of injury Brant Keithy is dealing with. But when you're looking at Travis Dye, he had 133 yards on 19 carries and a touchdown this game. And just ran incredibly tough so I expect Tavion to get the start in this one as well he is still and Dante you were at that game on Saturday it was clear to me that Tavion is still the clear best back on this team I expect him to get the majority of the carries and I expect him to have a really strong rebound performance after not getting into the end zone and just once again not playing in that first half yeah branching off what you said about Travis Dye obviously he had a really good performance but the last two games before that USC game for Oregon State both of the opposition's running backs have very good games. Um, Mar- or Jordan Mims on Fresno State averaged 5.8 yards per carry, had over 120 yards. 
And the Montana State running back also averaged seven and a half yards per carry. So this is an Oregon State front seven that has struggled at defending the run and now going up against a Utah running back room that has four or five guys, three, four guys who can break one off at any point in the game. It's going to be a little bit of a mismatch in my opinion. Yeah, and it's going to be fun to see what the workload looks like. I expect Tavion, as I mentioned, to get most of the carries, but I think Makai will continue to get some as well. And then it's going to be interesting to see kind of with Jalen and Jaquindon how much they factor into things. I don't know how many carries we'll see those guys get between them. Honestly, I'd be surprised if we do see Jaquindon get carries in this game. I just felt like that was kind of one of those things versus where Tavion wasn't in there. So we know this Utah team likes to use three running backs. I feel like Jaquindon is firmly the fourth running back right now, but I think he could move up. I was I was really excited to see him out there i just think he's an electric player and love whenever he's on the field i've talked about it before how i wanted to see them bring back the jaquindon package and it doesn't seem like they want to do that quite yet but just happy to see him incorporated into the offense but what do you see kind of the running back workload looking like probably tavion getting the majority of the carries with makai being the change of pace guy but branching off what you were saying about jaquindon that first carry that he had i mean he looked like he was shot out of a cannon mm-hmm. like his tough running style blended with his athleticism and just pure size He's a freak of nature, and his vision's only going to get better over time. So I'm really excited to what the future holds for my running back. Yeah, it's going to be fun this year, and then to see what he can do going forward as well. I still feel like this is not a thing. Like, I don't. I think he will go back to quarterback after this season as well because he is a talented thrower of the football. I mean, he nearly beat out Bryson Barnes. That was a lengthy battle for a reason. But either way, a nice asset for this Utah team to have, especially with injuries because you never know what kind of injuries can, can occur at running back. Already lost Chris Curry for the year, unfortunately. And speaking of injuries, of course, Utah just lost Brant Keithy for the season, which this is a tough game to lose Brant Keithy as well because you're going in against one of the better secondaries in the Pac-12 in what the Beavers have on the back end. So we've been talking a little bit, even yesterday's shows with Brian Brown, about who's going to step up for this Utah team as well. But definitely, we talked about, look, Utah wants to have that success on the ground because yards on the outside are going to be tough to come by. Yeah, no doubt. I think this is the best secondary Utah will face all year. I think the outside cornerbacks on Florida have the edge on the Oregon State cornerbacks, but the Oregon State safeties are what really takes this team over the top. Jaden Grant and Oladipo have been lights out all season long, especially mix them with the cornerbacks, the experience of Rajon Wright and Alex Austin. This is just a fantastic all-around secondary. And not to mention Omar Spates, who's been there seemingly forever, one of the best linebackers in the Pac-12, been playing at a high level for some time now. So this is an experienced secondary, but they also play very fundamentally sound. They don't commit a lot of penalties. They don't beat themselves. So if Utah's going to get some yards on the outside, they're going to have to really beat this Oregon State secondary. And it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to do that because you look, Devon Vale is coming off his two best games of the season. Uh, same thing for, well, I guess two in bet- one in between for Dalton Kincaid. Obviously what he did against Southern Utah was masterful, but still a very great game for him as well. And I, would, I expect him to be Cam's number one option going forward still, even though I think Vale is going to continue to see an increase in targets as well. But outside of those two guys who I still think will get some catches in this game. Who else do you kind of see doing some stuff for Utah? Cause for me, I look at it and I think that this is a game. We are going to see Thomas Yasmin have a very good, good afternoon. It's one of the other weird things about this game, by the way, a noon kickoff for the PAC 12. So it's a really good game to be kicking off at noon as well. So I think Yasmin's a guy and I would love to see a little bit more money parks as well. We know we're going to see a lot of Solomon. He's firmly the number two receiver coach. Witt has talked about it multiple times, how Utah, the main guys they're going to use this year are Solomon Enos and Devon Vele. But now with Keithy out, your, your fourth best pass catcher to me, at least at this moment, is Money Parks. So I would love to see more Money Parks, especially as I thought he had a great catch in the Arizona State game. As much as I love Money, I've been saying it ever since he stepped foot on campus. Jalen Dixon is my guy. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute stud, can win at all three levels. Displayed that he understands the route tree in that bowl game three, four years ago against Northwestern. But we just don't utilize him correctly. 
Okay, this is a guy that was fourth in the entire nation in yards per route run as a true freshman in 2018. And since then, it's been kind of tailed off. He entered the transfer portal, came back, been some issues off the field. But when this guy's on the field, he needs to be utilized. Had that rushing touchdown last week, which made the entire 12-hour drive to Tempe worth it because I absolutely love watching this kid play. And with Keithy out, I think he's going to be one of the guys who should be getting the ball more. Like I said, fourth in the entire nation in yards per route run can carry the ball, can play from both the slot and out wide, just an extremely versatile piece and kind of an Andy Ludwig guy. Like I feel like they should be getting along much better than they have because he fits any offense he plays in so well just because of how versatile his skill set is. Yeah, that's the weird thing is we don't know exactly what happened there, if there is something or if it just other guys have been better in practice. Some guys are just gamers. Others are better in practice. But I definitely agree with what you're saying. I would love to see more of Jalen Dixon as well. And it's going to be interesting to see the kind of game Cam has as well. Cam coming off what I consider to be his best performance of the season, just with the way he did a great job manipulating the defense with his eyes, accurate throws, getting the ball out quickly as well as holding on to it when he needs to. It's going to be fun to see how it all plays out on Saturday for this Utah offense. And we're going to look at a second how this Utah defense is going to attack the Beavers offense, but first want to tell you guys about bet online. And when you guys know, when you're talking about bet online, it's your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest players, player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. Guys, you know, there are tons of great matchups on Saturday and Sunday as it pertains to football. So make sure you guys cash in on college football and NFL betting at bet online or if you guys want to bet on some of the MLB games, we know if those of you who are watching a couple of those games, you saw a lot of Aaron Judge at the plate. If you want to get it on some of that action, as well as MMA, boxing, golf, there's a sport you can get after it with Bet Online. To head up betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Dante, looking at this Utah defense, I think this is something, again, it's interesting versus the Beavers because we mentioned it. This offensive line is really good that the Beavers have, and this Utah defensive line has been steadily improving. I watched guys like Connor O'Toole make plays last week in zone read situations where he just simply didn't make in week one. So I think it's going to be a really fun matchup here because whether it's Junior Tafuna, Samote Peppa, Aliki Vamai, I think these are all guys who are capable of really getting it done up front and did a really good job against Arizona State. So I'm really excited to see how they take on this more veteran and experienced defensive line and one th- or offensive line. And one thing I think that will help them as well is a guy like Gabe Reed coming off his best game of the season. Yeah, Gabe Reed's been a guy who's steadily improved each and every week. Didn't play against Florida, against Southern Utah, two pressures against San Diego State at three. And then last week just blew it out of the water. Five pressures, two sacks, an outstanding performance. Elite against both the run and the pass. So he's been a great addition. Utah clearly found themselves um, their guy in the transfer portal. But another read I want to touch on is Karene, as well as Lander Barton. The chemistry between those two has been absolutely electric, and they don't look like freshmen and sophomores. They look like fifth-year seniors. They look like they have have mastered this defense entirely. They know the ins and outs of everything. They've been great pass rushing. They've been great against the run. And Karene has been the best coverage linebacker in the Pac-12 up to this point. When targeted, quarterbacks have the lowest passer rating when targeting Karene Reed outside of any other Pac-12 linebacker. So he's been an absolute dog so far this season. And I think those two are going to be a big key for this Utah defense. You see Oregon State, 35% of their passes are play action. And their quarterback, Chance Nolan, is fantastic off of play action passes, mm-hmm. averaging almost 13 yards per attempt and has an 80% adjusted completion percentage on play action passes. So it's going to be a really big key for Utah, for Lander and Karene to not bite on those play actions, to hold their ground, stay back and not bite on those fakes. And a big key for Oregon State is they're missing their star tight end, Luke Musgrave, who currently leads all FBS tight ends in yards per route run. 
But even without him, they got some other guys on the outside who can play. Anthony Gold and Treshawn Harrison are both great after the catch, and they're respectively seventh and ninth in the, in the conference in yards per route run out of wide receivers. So I think it's going to be all in these linebackers to just hold their ground, not bite on this play action, as well as the safeties. Um, this is kind of a more inexperienced safety group for Utah. Obviously, Cole was really good later in the part of the year last year, but he's still only a only a, only a sophomore. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see how he does against a team like Oregon State that has a bunch of veterans, and especially R.J. Hubert, first year starting, hasn't really gotten targeted a lot mm-hmm. so far this season. He was I only targeted him. once against Florida. Yeah, only got targeted a couple times over the past few weeks. So he's been doing a very good job holding his ground in coverage. So it's going to be interesting to see how these uh, younger Utah players do against the veteran Oregon State wide receiving corps. Yeah, and you mentioned it too. This is a the team that wants to set up play action. How you do that is you get the rushing attack going. So I do expect Utah to pack the box, really stop. And look, Cole Bishop is a phenomenal safety. He can do it all, but I just love him the best inside the box. I think he does such a good job as an extra linebacker. And Utah may get back Mohamed Diabate as well for this game too. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how he factors into things with the defense has been clicking without him. But I will say, I think he would have done a really good job against some of these other teams as well, just because it's not the best competition. And I think he would have done well against Arizona State too so it'll be interesting to see how he kind of factors into things but I do expect this Utah team to pack the box so with Utah packing the box I do feel like Utah will be able to slow their rushing attack down I don't think they're going to have some of this production they've been able to have on the season as well do you see Utah kind of coming out of that game Utah saying they won that battle they accomplished that goal stopping the run yeah and I think they can do that with the personnel they have in the secondary Mm -hmm. CP3 had that interception last week first interception of the year he's been locked down all year long and Travis Brown's also kind of flown under the, under the radar. No one's targeting him. Nobody wants to throw at him because he allows very little separation, a fantastic athlete. So when you got two guys on the outside who can play man-to-man coverage versus the best of them, it opens up a lot more for Morgan Skelly to just load the box and just sell out stopping the run when you got two guys who can play on an island at a high level. So I do think Utah will be able to stop the run. And what makes it interesting is if you stop the run, you get this team in second and long, third and long, and that's where all of Nolan's interceptions came this past week. He threw four interceptions versus the Trojans. Once you fall behind, you get in those long situations, especially if you, one thing I would love to see Utah's offense do, not going back on the last one, is just get off to a fast start. I think that's something that would be really helpful for this group. If Utah's able to get a lead, I think you could see Nolan try to press. And as I mentioned, when you look at that game, I mean, 17 for 29, 167 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. So a 60 QBR and chance Nolan is a guy who can make some nice throws, some nice plays. He is by far the best quarterback they played since Anthony Richardson. I honestly think at this point, he's a better thrower of the football than Anthony Richardson as well. But if you get him in those long situations and if you get pressure in his face as well, that's another thing. And that's something Utah did an outstanding job. Morgan Scally dialing up different blitz, whether it was overload blitzes, sending two linebackers through the a gap as well. And even guys just winning their one-on-ones, Van Fillinger's really starting to get going as well. Some of these younger defensive ends turn it on. And we talked about a veteran like Gabriel too. So I really think if you can get this team into se- in the Oregon State offense into second and long, third and long, force them to press and get some pressure in their face, I think Utah could turn Chance over multiple times. Yeah, and with Chance Nolan, another interesting to add is that given how experienced that offensive line and how, how speedy his wide receivers are, it opens up a lot in terms of he doesn't have to sit back for five, six seconds for them to gain separation. I mean, they're gaining separation two, three seconds after the ball is snapped. And with play action, he's buying himself a little bit more time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Utah gets pressure on those types of plays, because with the clean pocket, we're talking about one of the best passers in the conference. And when he's pressured, he just gets flustered. And obviously last week, four interceptions and in all four of those passes were credited as turnover worthy passes. So not on the wide receivers, completely on him. And if we can get pressure, it's going to be going to be a long night for the Beavers. 
And Nolan's a guy as well who, if the play, play breaks down, he's willing to scramble as well. We saw him use his legs a couple of time, a couple of times versus the Trojans, but he doesn't get sacked or pressured a lot either. Only two sacks on the season, seven touchdowns to six interceptions, as we talked about. So he's a guy, if you do force him into situations, he can turn it over. But if you let him sit back there all day, can also make the necessary plays to beat you as well. So it's going to be fun to see how these two teams go at it defensively as well. And we're going to talk about a few other key things relating to this matchup when we come back in a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small businesses. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified it's available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Guys, I use LinkedIn all the time to stay connected with a lot of my friends, see how they're doing, as well as network. It's a great opportunity. LinkedIn is a wide network. It's one of the reasons that LinkedIn is rated as one of those top candidates in terms of bringing in job hires, successful hires. They use simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So make sure you guys add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and make sure you guys go over to LinkedIn jobs where LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions may apply. Also want to tell you guys about intercap lending. There is a reason no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage need needs. Intercap gets deals done. Quick and simple process. Intercap closes loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that is what's linked Locked On's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On's founder, David Locke. And let's be honest, if Steve can help keep David on track through the entire process, Steve can help anyone. And though Intercap is new to the Locked On Utes podcast, it's not new to assisting customers with their mortgage needs. been doing so since 1978. Eight. That is 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing locked on listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all your mortgage needs in 40 states. Give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. NMLS number is 190465. So make sure you guys give Steve a call or head over to www.intercaplending.com. But jumping back into this game, we've looked at it from both sides of the ball now, Dante. And one of the things that makes this one interesting to look at is we do have our bet online line of this game. Utah's favored by 10.5 in this one. How do you feel about that? I think they got it pretty much on the money. Um, I think Oregon State can keep this one close for a little bit. Yep. First half, maybe a three-point, seven-point differential. But as we get longer and longer into the game, and Oregon State's not going to be able to run the ball at a high level, in the third and fourth quarter, I think Utah kind of just blows it open, establishes the run, and kind of just takes advantage of a poor Oregon State front seven. Tavion breaks off, breaks off a big run. Maybe Makai breaks off a big run as well. I think Utah ends up winning this game by around 14 points. That's the hard part whenever we're going to – and I'll do my prediction later in the week, but this is the hard part with this game is the biggest weakness that Oregon State has is on their team is honestly probably their front seven. And that is Utah's biggest strength is their ability to run the ball. So that's where it makes it a difficult matchup for the Beavers. But it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. And Dante, one of the reasons Utah is riding such a high momentum at the moment is because of their win versus Arizona State looking really good. I should say riding a high momentum, but I just look back on this team of how they were acting in the going into the game versus San Diego State. And they were 
remembering the sting of last year's loss because you have 17 returning stars and a bunch of other guys who are backups too, who are just a part of that team that lost that game. So this is a Utah group that's going to be locked in and not taking the Beavers lightly and not just because of what happened against USC. But when you were at the game on Saturday, what was your biggest takeaway from watching the Utes absolutely demolish the Sun Devils? Honestly, they just looked like they were having fun out there. That was the main thing. I mean, they were flying around all over the place, displaying their athleticism, always just picking up their teammates when they were down. And it was just like nonstop, just energy, energy, energy. And they brought it. And obviously, Emory Jones was flustered. We got a ton of pressure on him. Secondary played well. Just a fantastic all-around performance from the defense. But the main thing was that they were all playing with such a high energy. And they just simply looked like they were having fun. Whereas in the Florida game, they looked kind of just more tensed up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then whereas now, just playing more loose and doing their own thing. And it's just been paying dividends massively. Yes, it has been. It's been exciting to see. And, you know, one of the other interesting things about just this Saturday's game, Utes taking on the Beavers, is the biggest one that at least I know for sure I did was watch film on was the USC game. And it's kind of funny to think about the USC game is less than two Saturdays away once we reach this one like that. So it's just crazy. It's already here. And there's, I mean, we talked about there's three really fun match. There's two really fun matchups before we get to that one. Obviously, the one we're baking down this week with the Beavers. And that is a good UCLA a team that the Utes are going to take on. Utah has had UCLA's number for a long time now, but still one they can't overlook is still a team capable of getting a win with guys like DTR, Charbonnet as well. So still some dudes over there that can make some plays, but especially just two weeks out from the USC game and seeing as the Trojans continue to roll, that was a really good win they got versus Oregon State as well. It's a game we literally saw this Utah team lose last year when they were in that high-ranked position. But Dante, what do you think about just this matchup two weeks out from it, Utah versus the Trojans? The main thing you got to look at when you evaluate USC is their current turnover margin. They're four, they're plus 14 in that category, first in the nation by a pretty wide margin. Personally, I think that's extremely unsustainable. Yes. And when you're going up against a team like Utah, who has a Cam Rising, who is very good at making decisions, he doesn't put the ball where it, where it doesn't need to be. His two turnovers on the season, really quick. The one was he made one bad decision against Florida. It was a terrible decision, but one, if you look at his career, that was such an aberration. He doesn't do that. And the interception versus Arizona State, was it a perfectly thrown ball? Maybe a little outside Selmanis, but absolutely one I thought Enos had to haul in. Yeah, definitely got to catch that one. He hasn't thrown a turnover turnover worthy pass since week one. There Very decisive with the football. Yeah, I mean, he's just fantastic mm-hmm. at making the right reads on the field. And USC, their secondary, sure they forced a ton of turnovers. They haven't played. I mean, sure they played Oregon State last week. Before then, it was a lot of lesser competition. This is still a secondary that's very inexperienced. They got Mikai Blackman, the transfer from Colorado, who's a fantastic cornerback. And Kalen Bullock, their safety, is one of my favorite players to watch. But outside of those two, not a lot of experience there. And when you're going up against the Utah team who has NFL talent all over the field with Dalton Kincaid, Tavion Thomas, it's going to be tough to keep up for them, I think. And I don't see them forcing any turnovers. I don't see them winning the turnover battle here. I think Utah matches up very well in the trenches and just in general. I feel the same way, and it's going to be fun to break that one down. We've been talking about it for so long, two weeks away, but still a lot of great content coming up this week on Locked On Utes, breaking down this upcoming Oregon State game. It's going to be a fun matchup. If you guys are curious about some of the other matchups in the conference as well, make sure you guys head over and check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast where host Spencer McLaughlin and other local experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. A couple game recaps from this past week as well as now really moving forward and looking ahead to another fun slate of Pac-12 action so make sure you guys head over to the locked on pack 12 podcast and as always we appreciate you for making locked on utes your first listen every day appreciate dante for joining us as well dante guardia did i, did I get it right dante i forgot to check with you before the show this time is it guardia 
It's just one. Dang it. I was second guessing yeah. myself as I said it. Oh, I should have checked before. Well, yeah. we'll have to be better for next time then. But appreciate <laughs> exactly. all of you for tuning in and make sure you guys head over and follow Dante at Dante Guardi on Twitter as well. You guys can hit me up at J2WisterSell as well. Leave a like, a comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Would love to interact with you guys. And that's it for today's episode of Locked On Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.